Hey guys, welcome back to the Sober Fix. This is Drew, and today I am at just over three years, three and a half years, and then a few days. Again, my sobriety date is April 10th, 2020, and I will never forget the day before that. I literally died. I overdosed on fentanyl. My dad had to give me CPR. I was Narcaned multiple times. And I kind of just came to, it was almost like a dream. I remember sitting up super quick. I had no idea what was going on. It felt like I was dreaming. And I could hear, I could see there was a bunch of people in my room. I could tell after a little bit, felt like a few seconds that they were cops and paramedics. I had those little electrode things on my chest and I was surrounded by like four or five people and I just remember being very confused I think they were kind of holding me down at first I don't think I think they were weren't sure if I was going to be a little bit violent or kind of be pushing back at them or just weren't sure what I was doing um, but as I sat up it took me I don't know how long it took in real time but for me it felt like about 30 seconds and I could hear them saying, Hey, they're saying my name. Hey, Andrew drew you overdose. This is what happened. And I kind of stopped like moving around at that point. I just kind of like trusted what they were saying and, and like looked around and realized, started to realize what had gone on. And that is scary because that fentanyl stuff, it's like, I had heard nightmare stories about it for years, but I had stopped using the hard stuff just when fentanyl got popular. So I didn't really have much experience with it. I know that I had done some heroin that was cut with it, but I, I didn't have much experience of just straight up buying just fentanyl itself. And so fast forward, I was in drug court. I've been sober for 10 months. COVID hit. As a lot of people in recovery know, and a lot of people that weren't in recovery at the time, it's like all of a sudden I wasn't getting tested. All of a sudden I didn't have my men's groups. I was cut off from all my support. I remember getting a call from the probation officer saying, hey, man, like, be careful because testing is closed. And I had been in drug court for multiple years up to that point. Testing was never closed. Like, it didn't matter if it was, like, the day after Christmas, New Year's. It did not matter what holiday it was. Testing was always open. Like, there was no days off. You called a number every day. They told you if you had to go in. And this was even on the weekend, too. In the beginning, they wouldn't test you on the weekends. Towards the end, they would. And so I remember going to the hospital and I remember, and it was a hospital I used to work at for three and a half years. And my sister at the, still works there and was working there at the time. And that was kind of my jump into recovery. That was my full surrender. That was when I realized, you know what? Like, this is no longer about like getting high and like being secretive and like, trying to get away with it like this is my life at hand you know like for real and i know a lot of people say that oh if i relapse i'm gonna die this and that but i literally did like i can no longer rationalize i can no longer convince myself like the delusion that like i could go into a relapse and always make it back into recovery I realized that day was not true and it was a shitty fucking experience it sucked 
but it did give me the absolute willingness to finally start trying something new because because it was up the jig was up like i was i wasn't i wasn't able to use and drink and live a successful life i wasn't one of those people that could just drink on the weekends i wasn't one of those people that could recreationally use drugs and there are people out there like not everyone that uses drugs is an alcoholic or a drug addict i don't believe there's a lot of hard drinkers out there that are able to ex experiment here and there and are able to go out to the bars and then party hard and work hard. And when the, when it starts to affect their lifestyle in a certain manner or they have a sufficient reason to stop, they're able to. They can stop or moderate. And this is dangerous for the alcoholic or the real drug addict because a lot of times you can watch some of your friends who are just the hard drinkers and it's deceiving because you could see them go out and party hard, but then you, they have the turnoff switch, you know, and that's what us alcoholics, drug addicts are, are missing is we don't have, we don't have the luxury of going out and feeling some relief or partying a little bit and enjoying ourselves. Cause the thing is, we just set off the, the terrible cycle that, that's not going to end. The obsession of the mind starts and, and all bets are off. And for me, I never knew when it was going to end. I never knew it was the first drink. I never knew I was waking up some beast inside of me on that first drink, the first hit, whatever it was. I know that today. And I think the one of the most important things, at least in the beginning of recovery, is realizing, like, really understanding that step one. Like, I am an alcoholic. My life is unmanageable. Or for the people that, that don't like AA or NA, just realizing that, Every time you take that first drink that, uh, that you don't have much control over it. You don't have much control over the amount that you take in. And if you try and stop drinking or stop getting loaded, you're not able to stay stopped. You know, the, and I want to talk about the hard drinkers for a little bit as well. And I've known a lot. I had friends that used to drink with me, used to get high with me, loved marijuana, loved different even harder drugs, even the heroin. I, I had friends that were able to do that here and there. But when a reason popped up in their life to stop, and one of them was a friend of mine who got in a relationship that, um, that he was really into, and he was able to just dive into that relationship, and it was healthy for him, and he was able to change his lifestyle, change his habits, and, and was able to get away from all that stuff. But see, that's different from me because for me, like I can't just as the alcoholic addict I am, I cannot expect to get fixed, expect to heal, expect to change by just diving into a relationship. For me, it doesn't work that way because what's going to happen is I could be enjoying the relationship. I could change my life a little bit, maybe stop using as much. But eventually what's going to happen is I'm just going to cause more damage because now I have another person that has entered my life. I have not treated my alcoholism or drug addiction, or maybe I've tried to treat it a little bit, but not enough. Not the effort I have found it takes for me today to stay sober. And it's interesting because even in recovery, it's like, let's say you're going to 12-step meetings. You could be sitting next to a hard alcoholic. They may be going to AA because they, they don't, they don't realize they're just a hard alcoholic, but they are able to stop much easier than the full-blown alcoholic, the hard drinker is, 
And so sometimes you see them stumble into like a 12 step fellowship. You see them come in, they start going to meetings for a little bit and, and they are able to stop and they, they don't require much work. They don't even work the step because they don't realize they could stop on their own given a sufficient reason. And this is dangerous because alcoholics, real alcoholics look at their behavior see them come in to recovery do very little work and are still able to stay away from the drink and the drug and that's that's deceptive because i realized today like i can't stay sober just doing a little bit of work i'm not one of those people that can go to a meeting every once in a while hear some stuff i need to hear maybe raise my hand share take the power out of something that's bothering me by sharing and move on and come back a month later. I'm just not that person. I find that I have to stay plugged in and I have to stay connected. There's a little reading from the doctor's opinion. This is from the AA book. And, and again, I realize that not everyone is into AA. That's fine. It just happens to be my experience. I got sober going to AA meetings, NA meetings. I can qualify in any fellowship. It doesn't matter. I have found that if I treat my alcoholism, it treats my drug addiction. And I have found that as an alcoholic, I will use drugs as well because if alcohol feels good and relieves me and makes me feel connected to the world, then obviously alcohol plus drugs is going to do that as well, right? So I will treat my alcohol, but if I don't have the hard drugs, I'm drinking a ton. It's it's always something. That's just my point is like I spent a lot of time in the beginning trying to discover like which fellowship I need to go to, you know, like, oh, I'm more of an addict, you know, I, I mainly like the hard stuff, but I also drink all the time, especially when I don't have the drugs or when I do. And I just happened to stick with AA. It, it was the first pro program for the 12 steps. Everything else branched off after that. And it's worked for me and it's, it's treated everything. It's for me, it's like work on your alcoholism. I work on everything else, okay, you know, but I want to get into this reading. This is out of the doctor's opinion. It says men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious. They cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. That's exactly how it was for me. I was so wrapped up in chasing, getting high, so wrapped up in it that I just assumed everyone, like, like it, it required so much selfishness and self-centeredness on my part just to be able to get the amount of drugs and alcohol I needed on a daily basis to delusionally feel like I was okay. And it's like I didn't realize... I didn't realize how disconnected I really was from everyone, from life itself. It's like... Like I remember going in, like I remember going in to get like aluminum foil from the grocery stores. That's what I used to smoke off of before I was doing the IV stuff. I used to smoke the, the opiates off aluminum foil. 
And it's like, let's say I hadn't had any that day and I finally picked up and the only thing I didn't, I had the lighter, I had everything. I just didn't have the aluminum foil. And I remember parking at the grocery store and going in to buy it. And it's like the second I had that stuff in my hands, like, I mean, it was insane. Like I got a rush. Like I have never gotten in these three and a half years in sobriety. Like my body knew what it was in for. It was like, I would almost relate it to like being on a roller coaster as it's like going up and like ticking, you know, tick, tick, tick. And you're getting towards the top before it drops. And like all of a sudden it drops. That's what my stomach felt like. Like I even remember being in it like starting to detox it had been maybe a day or two since I had gotten high last on opiates. And I remember, I remember this, I'd be waiting in a parking lot to pick it up. And the second that I saw the dealer's car pull up, the second I had it in my hands, all of a sudden I wasn't sick anymore. It's like maybe the night before I didn't sleep at all, tossing and turning, cold sweats, diarrhea, you name it, worst anxiety ever. It's like just seeing that car pull up, like my body, it would just cause a reaction. Like instantly it was like, oh my gosh, like the relief is here. Like I would feel better before I even started to smoke it. It had such a hold on me physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually, but for sure physically. And I just didn't realize like after a while, it's like, you know, in the beginning when, when I started diving into the whole hard drug and alcohol lifestyle, it's like, I realized it was different. Like I realized like, I'm, you know, I'm, this is secretive. This requires kind of a lot of lies, manipulation. Like I understood that I was doing something different than normal people were doing towards the end and my whole point of this I didn't realize how deep I really was I did not realize how different I was and it's interesting because I never I never used to understand how so many people knew I was loaded and it's like today being in recovery like I go out into the world for work and I have to go to you know different cities I'm always in LA Orange County San Diego and I'm in these different cities and it's like, I can spot someone that's dealing with addiction from like a mile away, you know, and it's pretty damn obvious. And it, and it's like, I kind of realized now, no wonder I was getting pulled over all the time. Like I used to just see it as like, I had bad luck and I was getting harassed. And like, I realized now, like, no, like it's pretty obvious, you know, it's, it's, most people like especially just like normies or like people that aren't loaded like they can they can tell when you're loaded you know like that's why my bosses always knew that's why my coworkers always knew my classmates my teachers like i really was not i think i was the last person to realize how big my problem was like everyone already knew and it's interesting because you hear as we start to get into recovery it's like some people are like worried about like, you know, maybe they have to make an amends or they're trying to fix like a broken relationship as an indirect or direct result of their using. And they're like worried to go to this person and kind of just tell them the truth or whatever. It's like, honestly, like they probably know. 
like most people, if they were close to us, even if they just talked to us on the phone often, like odds are they know that something was off. And it's like, I always lied about that to them for so long. And when I was scared to tell people how bad it was, I came to find out that like they already knew. And they were actually very appreciative that I was at least finally just admitting it to them, giving them the respect of saying like, hey man, like I was really bad. You know, this is what was going on. I want to continue into this because I think this is important. It says... So the last line was, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. Then it goes on to say, they are restless, irritable, and discontented, unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort, which comes at once by taking a few drinks. Drinks which they see others taking with impunity. This is it right here. Like this is this is the sentence. This is the core of it. This is what my whole alcoholism is about. I'm restless, irritable, and discontented until I can again experience another drink. Like that is my problem to a T. That says it all. When I am sober, I just I can't take it sober for maybe a couple days maybe it feels good to have the drugs out of my system but my natural state when i'm sober is restless i'm irritated i don't want to deal with people i don't want to deal with bills i don't want to deal with friends family that want to talk about what's gone on in the last couple months of my drinking and using and most importantly discontented I'm not content with anything. Nothing feels right. I feel off. And it's like, I know that I shouldn't be drinking and using. I know it. I know it's not right. I'm not an idiot. I don't think any of us really are. But where does that sense of ease and comfort? And it says here, it comes at once by taking a few drinks. That is it right there. It's like, I, I used to never have... I didn't understand, like I didn't have a recovery program. I didn't have things in place. I didn't have much tools. I didn't have people around me that were sober that could give me guidance. People that I could openly talk to about this stuff. Most of the people, most of my life that I was surrounded by, besides like friends and acquaintances that I was using with, like they didn't understand what I was going through. It's like I would, like maybe when things got you know, I messed up or something and, and it got to the point where like they had to kind of like have a conversation with me about it. Maybe I would tell them what was going on in my head. Maybe I would tell them what I was experiencing. But like they weren't, most of the people I was talking to were not alcoholics themselves. They didn't, they didn't understand this. They don't feel the way that I feel when I'm sober, that restless, irritable and discontent. They don't get the relief that I get from a couple drinks. It's like I didn't care what was going to happen to me tomorrow, next week, in a month. I don't think that far ahead. I think about the relief that's coming in a few seconds after a couple drinks. Like that's it. And that's all I could think about. The problem was the same relief that I got in the beginning was not the same amount of relief I got at the end. And this is when things start to get crazy. 
because now maybe the three or four drinks used to be amazing in the beginning going out with friends this is before stuff got super rough hanging out with friends let's say going to a club let's say going bowling some ball game hockey game whatever whatever your thing is whatever activities you used to partake in when you would drink a little bit in the beginning it's like i wasn't getting that relief at the end especially with the opiates it's like i remember i could take like two or three hits smoking it in the beginning feel great for hours take one opiate pill feel great for hours you know eventually it was like two three four but towards the end it's like now all of a sudden i'm doing like 10 times the amount i was doing in the beginning divide the amount of time i used to feel high by 10 as well so now like i'm doing 10 times the amount and only staying high for a tenth of the amount of time and it's like that's when i realized finally years later like that's when it has to change because alcohol and drugs do something amazing for us in the beginning. They do. Let's just, let's give it that respect. Let's just say, hey, you know what? We got stuck on this shit because it was amazing in the beginning. It was. Like, like if we had our last experience getting high, if we had that the first time we got high, we obviously would never touch it again. And some people do. You hear about people that tell you about their first time doing opiates and they're like, man, I don't understand why you like that shit. Like, I tried it the first time. I took a couple of opiate pills or whatever, like, or I smoked a little bit. And it's like, I felt instantly nauseous, instantly sick, puked like five or six times. Like, I don't know how you like that stuff. I will never touch it again. And then you hear that they they never did, you know, but that's not everyone's experience. It was amazing for me in the beginning, but it always gets to a point. If you're an alcoholic or a real drug addict, it gets to the point where the drugs aren't giving you the same benefits anymore. And, and I think a lot of us, and I think this is a big part of the problem. I'll speak for myself. This was a big part of the problem for me is I had this illusion that I could get back to that first couple years. Like I felt if I could just get the right combination of stuff, if I could just get some really strong stuff that hasn't been cut a bunch of times. You know, I always had this idea like I can make it back to that first year. But in all reality and looking back at all the evidence, it's like I was never going to get back to there. And I think that is like the big like illusion, especially for me with drinking. And this is what's tricky about drinking is like, it's legal. Like you look at our society today, like alcohol is everywhere and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, my fight isn't against alcohol. My fight is for myself just realizing I'm an alcoholic and trying to stay sober. There's always going to be alcohol and alcohol does it, it it's a great addition to many parties to people's celebrations mornings i mean you name it it's you know but there are people that just aren't able to drink like myself i'm just not able to 
And so it's hard because it's legal and because it's such a part of society. And, and it's almost like when you tell people you don't drink, you know, this happens to me all the time where be out somewhere and, you know, sometimes I'll get offered a beer or like I'm refing soccer games on the weekend. And, you know, we do like three game sets. So like the same three refs ref the same three games and we switch. So one person's the center and then the other two are the sidelines and you switch each game and you get to know people. You're having a good time. You know, you have a common interest soccer. And sometimes toward the end of those games, they're like, Hey man, you guys want to go to the bar? There's a, there's a game on TV, go get some beer. And you know me, I'm like, Oh, I mean, I, I'm cool with that. I just don't drink, you know? And everyone's fine with that, but you can tell that, like, when I say that, it's like, oh, okay, good for you, you know, like, I think most people, when they hear those words, because it's so normal to go out and drink, like, they kind of realize that, like, oh, he can't drink, you know, why is that? And you'll get that sometimes, like, oh, how come you don't drink? And for me, I remember in the beginning, that was kind of like an awkward thing to say i i've gotten so over it now i've realized it's not even a big deal when people ask me let's say i'm offered a drink and i say oh i don't drink and they say oh how come you know if it's like someone that like obviously if it's at work or something i'm not going to tell them the whole story but for most people it's as simple as this i just say oh i used to do hard stuff when i was younger so now i don't really touch anything and it's the same thing every time oh for sure man good for you yeah, that's awesome. Every single time. Like something that I was so worried about in the beginning about like telling people has turned out to be like not a big deal at all once I just say it like that. Let me get to this last part of the reading. It says, so we talked about the restless, irritable, and discontent unless they can again experience a sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks. After they have succumbed or given in to the desire again, as so many people do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well-known stages of a spree, emerging remorseful, with a firm resolution not to drink again. This is repeated over and over, and unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. And that is me. I get the craving. I get it after one drink. I get it after 30 drinks. It seems that the more I drink or the more I use, the stronger that craving for me becomes. Also, when I'm trying to stop, as time goes on, that craving gets stronger and stronger as well. That's what this is all about. That's why we have a program. That's why we have recovery. That's why we do stuff we don't always want to do. That's why we raise our hand at places when we don't feel like talking. It's why we go volunteer with people and work with other alcoholics. This is why it's like to stay away from that craving. And the firm resolution not to drink again, that was me to a T. Remember waking up after a long night of partying hard? waking up with just the worst hangover ever and like let's say you blacked out the night before just that feeling in your stomach of like for me it was always fear right away oh shit like what the fuck happened last night 
and you're kind of trying to remember you check your pockets like man i got my phone like i have no more money but that's not surprising that always happens and it's like what happened last night and you're texting friends and you kind of they kind of tell you the story and you're like are you sure but like deep down you kind of like remember it's like this strange feeling of like oh shit like i don't totally remember that but like I could tell by the way I feel inside that that did happen, you know. It's like I love not having to worry about that anymore. And I wanted to bring up this reading because I think it's very important. It's like, like I said, it's that sentence that just describes the whole thing. I'm uncomfortable sober. I get comfortable instantly after a couple drinks. And I am always dealing with this craving and I'm always telling myself I will not drink again. It's like, I don't have to do that anymore. There's some work to be done here. There is a lot of work to be done in recovery. It's not an easy thing. Like we have to feel everything all the time. We're not those normal people that get to relax with a couple drinks. Like we're just not. Took me a long time to accept that. I'm just not. Like, that's not in my makeup. Like, a couple drinks and relax means a three-year run and whatever happens in between. That's what it means for me. I'm just glad that I know that today. I think that is so important. Is Like, if I get anything in recovery, if I remember anything, I need to remember that I am not able to have just a couple drinks and relax i've probably done it once in 14 years and i spent the rest of the time thinking about that one time but i can't today that's all i got guys just wanted to make a quick episode thank you so much for tuning in again this is drew from the sober fix hope you have a great day thanks guys